What is up, you guys? My name is Addison, and I am one of the co-hosts of Our Hearts Surrendered, which is the podcast you're listening to. Guys, I feel like my vibe, like my mojo is kind of thrown off right now because it's only me recording, and usually I have a co-host, Sophie Ballou. Um, If you're a listener of this podcast normally, you would know that I constantly mess up the intro, and she's always the one that kind of like helps me and like fixes me. Um, but obviously she's not here to do that today. So, um, what I just said was just not right at all, but you kind of get the vibe. This is our heart surrendered. Um, today, I guess it's just my heart surrendered and my name is Addison and I'm one of the co-hosts. Um, we are doing a little mini series. It's been so much fun and it was just kind of a weird, like random idea that we had to do two separate episodes, one with how Sophie studies the Bible and one with how I study the Bible. And honestly, I think it's really cool. I think it's stretching us a bit and also just giving you kind of a break from if you like do listen to our podcast normally, just a break from Sophie and I both. I feel like sometimes if I'm listening to podcasts long term, I get kind of tired of like the redundancy of it, especially if it's co-hosts because it's just like you know what to expect and this kind of throws it off. So Hope it gives you some fresh life. I know that it definitely has for me. If you haven't listened to Sophie's episode, it was released last week and I'm recording Saturday. This will be released in a couple of days. Sophie and I have somewhat similar ways of studying the Bible, but also different. So that said, I want to just go ahead and dive in. But like Sophie mentioned last week, or if you've never heard this, we should always pray before we dive into the word of God. Um, So that's what I'm going to do if you'll join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you and thanks for the opportunity to just sit down and record solo and normally with Sophie Um, and just the platform that you've given us. God, I pray that it is honoring to you and any words that are not from you today are just falling on deaf ears. Lord, I ask that you speak to me through your scripture and speak to these listeners. Prepare my heart for what I'm about to read and theirs for what they're about to listen to. God, Um, thank you for, again, the opportunity to do this and just have a platform in order to make your name more known. God, This is yours and not ours. And in your name I pray, amen. So I listened to most of Sophie's episode. I'm about to finish it after I record this. But I was like, if I will listen to this whole thing right now, I was going to accidentally copy everything she said. So I took a break. I can't wait to finish it. It was really good from like the 10 minutes that I listened to. Um, I'm going to go through Matthew 23. And we did a gospel series at the very beginning of 2022, it was every single one of the gospels, all four of them, crazy, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke are synoptic, so they're all synoptic, sorry, I kind of butchered that for a second there, synoptic gospels, so they're all very similar, and Luke is a little bit different. Sophie also went through, um, I believe it was in Luke, a little passage. I'm going through a different one, I think, I'm pretty sure, and I'm excited. I think one of the most important things that you can do for yourself before you start reading scripture is to understand the context. So that said, the whole reason I mentioned that we had a series on it is because we got the opportunity to do a ton of research about each one of the gospels. Um, And to give you kind of a rundown on what Matthew is like, essentially it was written by Matthew, which is awesome. And it was written to a Jewish audience. So Keeping that in mind, it was written to a Jewish audience by Matthew. We know that this is going to be focused more towards people who would have known the word of God, right? Jews 
knew the Torah, which are the first five books. So they knew of God, the King, right? They were looking for somebody who was going to kind of come and take over in a lawful way. Um, so all throughout Matthew, you will kind of see remarks of similar things like that. Lots of mentions of Pharisee today. We're going to be in Matthew 23. Bear with me. It's a lot of reading. I'm going to break it up a little bit as best as I can, and we'll just do it. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, so you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their fair legs wide and tassel on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. But you are not called to be a rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he is in heaven. Nor are you called to be instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant for those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted wow um we are 12 verses in and i feel like i just got hit by a truck so i think a lot of times when i'm reading the word stuff like that seems very um daunting scary like casting shame and like honestly that's what it is like this is Jesus talking to his disciples his 12 disciples that he hand chose and he's like you are not like this good. You will see the Pharisees essentially just saying like, I need to be humbled. That's kind of what I'm getting from this passage. Um, and like, it's hard to hear, but that said, the greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. That is so powerful. So cool. Let's pick it up again in verse 13. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much of a child of hell as you are. Woe to you, blind guides. You say, if anyone swears by the temple, it means nothing, but anyone who swears by the gold of the temple is bound by that oath. You blind fools. Which is greater, the gold or the temple that makes the gold sacred? You also say, if anyone swears by the altar, it means nothing, but anyone who swears by the gift of the altar is bound by that oath. You blind men, which is greater, the gift or the altar that makes the gift sacred. Therefore, anyone who swears by the altar swears by it and by everything on it, and anyone who swears by the temple swears it by it and by the one who dwells in it, and anyone who swears by heaven swears by God's throne and by the one who sits on it. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, and you have neglected more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat but swallow a camel. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisee, you hypocrites. You clean, out the outside of the, you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then your outside will be clean. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are white you are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of the dead and everything up unclean. 
In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You build tombs for the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. And you say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would not have taken with them and shedding of the blood of the prophets. So you testify against yourselves that you are the descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Go ahead then and complete what your ancestors started. You snakes, you brood of vipers. How will you escape being condemned to hell? Therefore, I am sending you prophets and sages and teachers. Some of them you will kill and crucify. Others you will flog in your synagogues and pursue from town to town. So upon you will come all the righteous blood that has been shed on earth, from the blood of the righteous Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Berkiah, whom you murdered between the temple and the altar. Truly, I tell you, all this will come of this gener- on this generation. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you kill all the prophets and stone those sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you are not willing. Look, your house is, look, your house is left to you desolate for i tell you you will not see me again until you say blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord so all of that is jesus speaking and that was a lot i know so sorry i just had to read so much to you but i just think it's such good truth and honestly i like find myself discouraged by this passage oftentimes like the first time i read it i was like dang um and i think a big part of that was because how often are we like the Pharisees that he's talking to, right? How often are we these scribes and Pharisees that are being called hypocrites every single passage? If you're reading along with me, which I hope you are in your Bibles, you'll see, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. The next paragraph, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. We know that when God or Jesus, whoever, um, well, spoken word of God, Jesus speaking literally in this passage, when it's repeated in the Bible, that means it's important, right? Everything in the Bible is important. But this emphasis, it's kind of like if you keep telling somebody the same thing because you don't want them to forget, that's essentially what this is, right? Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. He is so angry. Um, And this is like a righteous and just anger. Okay, so let's walk through a few of the things that I do when I'm studying the Bible and what I did when I was studying this passage months and months ago. The first thing that I do is observe. I have I think like six, six and a half, seven points that I always like to make whenever I am studying the word of God. And I'm going to do this and write it all down so that I can post it on Instagram so you can see kind of a written out version, which is helpful to me most of the time. But that said, first thing, observe. Something that I observed from this passage is A, like what I just talked about, the repeating of woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, and also how convicting it is. Um, Another thing that I observed is specifically verse 25 when it says what do you scribes and pharisees hypocrites for you clean the outside of your cup and the plate but inside are full of greed and self-indulgence you blind pharisee first clean the inside of your cup and plate that your outside may also be clean um that stuck out to me moving on to our second point apply based off of what we observed and interpreted how can we apply that i think for me the apply of verse 25 that i just mentioned is that I very often spend all of my time cleaning up the outside of my dish. I want to come across as this presentable, good, strong Christian girl who is just walking with the Lord and spending time with the Lord every single day and praying every single day and going to church on Sundays and doing all the things. And 
yes, part of that is true, but also a big part of it is that I'm not perfect and none of us are, right? So I wrote this little thing whenever I first read this and it says, how often do I just wash the outside of my dish? How often do I make sure there's no obvious clear seeable sin from the outside, spending all of my energy cleaning my outside and leaving the inside untouched? You won't catch me gossiping or resenting others in person, but if you heard my thoughts, my attitude towards them when I'm alone or feel safe from judgment, the sin is the root of the dirtiness inside. It's still there. But hey, at least the outside is clean, right? No. No one wants to drink from a dirty cup that looks the part as clean. God is in the business of inward transformation, not outside replication. So, I just think that a lot of times we forget that we can look the part all day long. Like I can look the part of this good Christian girl who's reading her Bible and praying every single day and is depending on the Lord for all of these things and also be struggling inside. And that's not what God wants. God wants real vulnerable Addison Wimbish, Addison Wimbish, who is broken and sinful. And that is truly the biggest example of Christ because without God, like we are truly nothing. There is no good in me apart from Christ. Um, so that's my apply is that I need to be quicker to clean the inside of my cup than just the outside. Because like the passage says, if you clean the inside, then the outside will also be clean. The next thing I look for is how can I adore God more from this passage? I find Jesus calling out the Pharisees incredible. Um, one of those reasons that I can adore God for is just that he has a son and he's here to convict us and make us more like him. Jesus could have just left his scribes and Pharisees living in sin, yet he called them out. He wants us to be more like him. He desires glory. He desires to be known. Um, and I think that's awesome because he deserves to be and he is righteous. And this righteous anger is an incredible, incredible example. The next thing I say is ask. So what can I ask God for based off of this passage? And I think that based off of Matthew 23, I would want to ask God for conviction, just simply conviction, which is like a hard prayer because I am conviction is conviction. Like it's hard and annoying. And it's like, sometimes I just want to live my life and not have to worry about sin, but that's not how we're called to live as Christians and people who love the Lord. Um, so conviction when I'm being prideful or when I'm struggling with having the inside of my cup dirty while the outside looks clean. Five, my fifth little question thing that I do is what can I confess based off of this passage? And like I said, I can confess that I am super prideful sometimes. And I also struggle a lot with vulnerability. And then six, what can I learn about God from this passage? I would say based off of 23, that he is righteous and he loves us so much that he doesn't want to see us living in sin. Um, and six and a half, seven, whatever you want to call it is what can I learn about mankind from this passage or what can I learn about myself? And it's that we are prideful. And a lot of times we say things, we don't practice what we preach. And I used to think that was just like a cheesy slogan. Like you have to practice what you preach. Like, okay, mom, got it. Thank you. But it's literally in the Bible. And I don't think I realized that until I read this passage. Um, but oftentimes I think that like I can sit on this podcast and say all these things and then go home and do none of them. Um, and I know it's not just me that struggles with that. So those are my six, six and a half, seven things. Observe, apply, adore, ask, confess, 
And then what can I learn about God and what can I learn about man? So all of that to say, I think this passage is incredible. I think it's important and conviction is hard. And it's also crucial to sanctification and learning and living. So I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you in thanks for this passage and for your conviction, God. I thank you that you want to make us more like you and that you want to be known, God. You deserve all of the glory um, and all of the fruits of my labor, Lord. I pray that this podcast is for you and only you. God, I ask that you make me more like you um, and help me be humble and not prideful. Lord, I pray for all of our listeners and myself that we are not like these scribes and Pharisees who are preaching and not following up through with their action. God, I pray that we serve and have servant hearts. Lord, I pray that we surrender all to you. In the Savior, I pray. Amen. Thank you guys for listening, and I hope you enjoyed just having one of us on the podcast each week. Um, We'll be back to normal next week in case you didn't enjoy it, but don't tell us if you didn't. I'm just kidding. We would love to hear any feedback that you guys have for us. Our email is ourheartsurrendered at gmail.com. You can leave us a rating and review if you want to. Um, And our Instagram is ourheartsurrendered. It's super fun. I run it, so I'm 100% biased. A little fun fact for you guys is that I'm going to be out of town slash like at camp for the next six, like five, six weeks. Um, Not starting when this is posted, but soon. So Sophie's going to have to run the Instagram the whole time. and It's going to be awesome. I'm literally so stoked for her because I get to just log on on Saturdays and be like, what did Sophie post this week? Yeah, it's going to be so fun. But that's all I have for you guys. I hope you have a great week. We love you. We're praying for you. And let's strive to live in wholehearted surrender this week.